0: This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 456. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman, and I'm joined today for the special episode by my man, Matthew Marister.
1: What's up, man? Glad to have you back. Glad to be back. It's been a while, and uh, yeah, let's get back into it.
0: Yep, let's do indeed. So we are here today uh, after a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, I was out of town traveling, uh, had some family stuff, and we also had the Area 2 championship that I traveled to in Arizona. Jacob was there as well. Had a great time, Uh, and now we're back, and and, uh, we're actually recording this on Thursday, November 12th. Uh, We actually pushed it off a day because yesterday was Veterans Day. And so before I get too far along, I want to wish all the veterans out there uh, a wonderful, wonderful day wherever you are. Uh, I hope that you had a wonderful Veterans Day. And, of course, the day before that, another special day for guys like Matthew and Josh that work for us because it was uh, the Marine Corps birthday.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: So... I, you know, as big a deal as, as as some of you guys like to make of that, that 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 could almost be the the holiday. Uh, well, I guess really we could have two holidays, right? Like two days off. Even I'd be okay with that. <laughs> have the Marine Corps birthday, you know, the 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 cert the the, the the service that was founded in a bar in 1775. I, I posted a little funny story about that. You know, it was like a couple of guys, what? Uh, John Adams and yeah. <laughs> and well, I can't remember the other guy's name, you know, like having drinks together, seeing all these boisterous, crazy guys in the bar destroying everything. And they're like, we need something for these guys to do. Let's throw them in a ship and let's let them out every once in a while to break things and break people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's about right. It's about right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. We,
0: we, we thank all of our veterans and all of our Marine Corps veterans too. Uh, And I'm I'm proud and honored that we have great guys like Matthew and Josh uh, that work uh, for our company. Um, Also, Brian, who's a Navy vet, and we've had other veterans that have worked for us in the past. In fact, one or two, technically, I guess. I don't know if the second one is he left us already, but we had one guy that actually left working for our company and went back into the service. Crazy son of a gun. (laughs) So good for him. Let's get on to today's episode, but it's sponsored by CCW Safe. Uh, Guys, we're we're proud to be partnered with CCW Safe on this. Uh, I'm a CCW Safe member, and I'll tell you, it is fantastic coverage for self-defense representation in the event that you are involved in some kind of self-defense incident, right, where you've got to pull a gun or draw a gun, use a gun whatever it is I'll tell you one of the first calls I'll be making after 911 is called will be calling my CCW Safe emergency hotline number and making sure they're notified as well and I know that they have my back because they they are one of the few in fact they are the only company that I am still aware of that has been tried and true all the way through a murder one trial and where they stood behind their member backed him up all the way saw all the way to the end to an acquittal in a a a a case where a prosecutor was very aggressive and and felt like they they knew what what they you know they 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 wanted to take this guy down right so anyway ccw safe my choice for self-defense coverage these days you guys should check them out go to ccwsafe.com Use the code CC Podcast to save on your membership, okay? Also, Guardian Nation members save even more, so you might want to consider checking out GuardianNation.com if you're not already a member. Um, also, we have, you guys haven't heard from us for a little bit, AmmoSupplyWarehouse.com. They've actually been getting a few things in uh, in recent weeks, so you guys might head on over to ammo uh, watch their site daily. Make sure you're on their mailing list. Okay. And Guardian Nation members save 5% off order. And that's still true, even with the way things are, even with the shortages of ammo. Uh, so ammo All right. Appreciate everybody for being both CCW Safe and Ammo Supply Warehouse for being sponsors of the Concealed Carry podcast today. So, as is common when we do these justified save episodes, uh, today we're talking about justified saves or defensive gun uses, or DGUs, uh, as they're commonly referred to as well. Quite often, we have stories with stuff to consider, things to think about. Okay, like, hey, this is how this this situation went down, and overall, it was okay. But hey, here's some things maybe we want to consider, and maybe even sometimes. Food for thought as far as like, are there ways I might have, you know, or this person, right? I always try to put myself in in the situation. So I'm always always asking myself the questions, Matthew, of, you know, what would I have done or what could I have done to avoid that situation, right? Mm -hmm. Because where possible, we always want to first try to avoid having to be in an incident of using deadly force. Um, Then we also have stories that are, uh, hey, what not to do? Like, this is for sure. Like this, this did not go down well at all. Uh, let's, we'll break that down. We have two of those stories here today. Uh want to make sure that uh, we don't make those mistakes. These are really bad mistakes uh, that happen in these two incidents, both very similar, by the way. And then we have a few stories that are uh, what would be considered lawful, you know, deadly force usage. Uh, maybe there's some lessons still too, to be learned, right? In fact, there's always lessons to be learned. Um, the reality is, is not everybody is perfect in these uses of deadly force in defense, and you know. So we can't expect us to be perfect and make all perfect decisions. But our decisions in the use of deadly force, as Andrew Branca says, must be reasonable decisions. We have to be reasonable in our use of force. We're expected to make reasonable decisions on the spot, on the fly. We don't have to make perfect decisions, but. The more close to perfect that they are, the more reasonable they are, the more likely we don't end up in hot water. So anyway, Matthew, let's get into it. First one we have, this is a really interesting story. So if you would cover this one for us, uh, this one happened in Michigan City, Indiana. And the headline is, man shoots at pranksters after mistaking paintball gun for real gun.
1: Yeah, this was a crazy one. It happened, uh, what, a couple weeks ago, right? Um, October 27th. So yeah. Few weeks ago, I um, mean, when I saw this, you know, it, it, like a lot of these types of stories, there are people immediately jumped to one side and said, "Oh, it's a it's a legitimate shooting." Some people were like, "That's ridiculous! How could you mistake this?" Under that, he's going to prison and all this stuff. Um, so here here's what we know at least from now from from the media, and obviously um, when we get these reports, it's sometimes it's uh, it leaves a lot. A lot of questions, right? Because they don't cover it as well as we would like. But um, basically, forty-year-old um, guys pumping gas at the gas station. Um, he hears, uh, or a car's driving by. He hears um, a popping noise. And starts feeling impacts on his body, believes he's being shot. He turns and looks at this car and sees what he believes. uh, Somebody hanging out of this car or pointing a gun out of the car and shooting him. And sure enough, he's hearing the the popping noises and getting hit, struck with something. So he draws his firearm that he's carrying on him. Um, It's not in the car. So that's one good thing. It's on his person, though. Uh, So that's good. So he draws the firearm and returns fire. To what he believes is somebody, you know, dr- committing a drive by and shooting him. Um, and so this, the, the article doesn't say um, if anybody was injured in the vehicle. Um, obviously, he wasn't you know, injured other than being shot with some paintballs um, and uh, police arrived. They don't locate the, the vehicle that it drove by and shot the paintballs. However, there was another report of, uh, I guess, a, a few days earlier um, where uh, the same type of thing happened where somebody drove by in a vehicle and shot paintballs at somebody. So um, basically, we're looking at this incident as is it reasonable that this guy uh believed you know as he's pumping gas he starts getting struck by things uh hearing a popping noise seeing somebody drive by um with what appears to be a gun um and returns uh uses deadly force to stop the threat or to what he believes is a deadly threat so um yeah so it's kind of one of those things where what do you guys think and uh, if you guys want to throw some comments in there we'll we're this is one of those that you know, there there is a lot that goes into this, right? Where where you're looking at, is it reasonable? Are his actions reasonable? What was his frame of mind? What did he believe? And we can kind of twist a little bit of this and change the, the theory completely, right? It could be if the vehicle was driving by really slowly and it was obvious that he w- that it was, you know, a kid shooting paintballs and. Um, then it probably wouldn't be reasonable if this is driving by and, you know, the guy said, Hey, I was getting struck and it hurt and it was close by. And I couldn't, you know, I couldn't tell that it was paintballs. It, it, it I didn't know what I was getting hit with um, probably more reasonable. So um since there is a big, um you know, a, a big room for interpretation in just the the, the facts that we have right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, so, That would be the question I would ask. I mean, imagine yourself, you're you're just minding your business, standing at the pump, dispensing your fuel into your vehicle, and all of a sudden you hear pop, 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 pop in relatively rapid fashion, I imagine. And you feel, I mean, Matthew, have you ever been shot by a paintball? Yeah. Dude, there was a time in my life I paintballed a lot. And depending on how well-dressed you are, uh can be any or, or wear on your body, it can be anything from a I felt that to a ouch that really freaking hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and so, you know, I, I imagine this guy's just standing there, mind in his own business, probably dressed in normal clothes, and all of a sudden starts getting impacted with rounds. Do you think you'd be able to you you hear pop, 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 and you feel st- sting, sting, sting impacts on your body? Do do you think you would be able to tell the difference between, especially if you've never actually been shot by a real bullet before? uh, Do you think you'd be able to tell if you were being shot by bullets or by paintballs?
1: Yeah, I mean the, the the question is is do you you know would you have the 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 frame of mind right to look down and say okay this is green paint or red paint or whatever or do you have to look down and say, this is blood identify it? Yes. I'm being shot by something real. Or is it a pellet gun? That's, you know, maybe I'm bleeding from a BB and not a 22 or a, you know what I mean? So it's like um, all this takes time. And in the, in the, in the, in the incident itself, you're trying to survive. And you, if you believe rightfully or or you know wrongly that you're being shot at with a real gun i don't think it's reasonable to have to assess your injuries and say this is you know uh congruent with being shot with a with a handgun or a or an actual bullet and so therefore my use of force by me using my firearm is appropriate um yeah so yeah in, in in the you know as far as i know the the guy hasn't been arrested um and so um, apparently the police believe that, you know, his actions were reasonable given, given the circumstances as well.
0: Uh, so in my assessment of reading this story, I think is absolutely reasonable for him to reply with deadly force. Uh, I, you know, talk about making perfect decisions versus reasonable decisions. Uh, this is a perfect example of that because I think just about anybody in the moment, you know, for, few brief seconds would struggle to understand what was going on and might very well think they're actually being shot at. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, this is such a dangerous thing that these so-called pranksters were doing. Uh, I, I hope, okay, here's the thing. We need to be really cautious about shooting uh, well, anytime, right? But this it talks about the man drawing his gun and firing several shots at the vehicle. I imagine that meant the vehicle was moving, right? This is this is probably meant to be a drive-by. These punks driving by with their paintball guns and, and letting loose a few paintballs and the way they go. So it's a reasonable response, I'd say. But this is still one where we've got to assess... Not just what's happening to us, but also what the potential consequences are by our own use of, of deadly force. Uh, the likelihood of us actually hitting our target uh, is pretty slim uh, in what I presume is, is an urban uh, environment where we're shooting at a moving vehicle. And so, you know, this is fine because as far as we know, nobody was injured. Uh, I certainly hope that it taught these punks a lesson. And that they go, ooh, that was not so wise. We almost just got killed, be, you know, because we thought we would do something that was funny to us at the moment, but we it almost cost us our lives. But then the the man that used, you know, that fired his gun needs to also walk away from this and go, hmm, what if I had missed, or maybe in fact he did miss the car, or a bullet passed through a window and went through the vehicle. Uh, and what if somebody completely innocent was sh- shot and killed? uh just standing by and it all i'm not saying the man that fired the gun was to blame necessarily right it's just it's food for thought so Mm -hmm. anyway interesting story there uh all right let's move on to here's one this was in north carolina winston-salem uh in, in north north carolina and the story is a man shoots juvenile breaking into his North Carolina home, police say. This is according to WBTW.com. And essentially what we have is a burglary attempt at a home. And a suspect, there, there's apparently two suspects. Um, one of those the suspects fled. Well, the suspects tried to flee the scene. One of them got away from... From the uh, story according to this this happened about 12 15 a.m by the way so this is uh after dark it's in you know in the early morning hours at this point and uh, police respond they find a juvenile lying in the parking lot he's suffering from a single gunshot wound to the chest now juvenile or not it's not really relevant let's be clear on that uh unless it was like really apparent you know if we're talking about like a 10-year-old, a 9-year-old kid, you know, very, very obvious, you know, like, in other words, what I'm saying there is if my home being broken into by a couple little kids, I, I'd probably treat that differently than teenagers, right, or adults. Now, let's be clear, though. It does say that uh, these these burglars, it says that weapons were displayed by them, all right, So, and it doesn't specify what weapons, but, you know, that also is a factor here. But let's actually talk about what's interesting about this story. The man who apparently is a resident at this home or apartment or whatever it is, I guess it does say home, uh, he was actually away from his home when he got a call from his roommate. And the roommate tells him someone's trying to break into the home. Now, I don't know when 911 calls were made, okay? But uh, So it's hard to know on that, but what we do know is the phone call from the roommate to what apparently is the homeowner, uh, because it keeps referring to his home, I don't know, but the roommate calls him and that man decides to go home and he confronts the, the intruders. I guess apparently, I mean, it says, it seems that they got access to the home, but either way, the man confronts them. And he fires shots because weapons were displayed, and one of those suspects, of course, was shot as it said in the chest, and he's being treated, and apparently is gonna. It says he's he's critical but stable. Mm-hmm. So, again, this is a reasonable response as far as the actual use of the force, right? The man, you know, there's weapons that are displayed by the suspects, by these intruders or burglars or whatever, and he gets his gun or draws his gun and fires shots. That's reasonable based on what we read here. What's interesting, and this is the question to ask, imagine yourself in a similar situation, whether you have a roommate or whether this is your spouse or whatever, and someone calls you and says, someone's trying to break into the house. And your response is to go there, which, I mean, by the way, that's not unreasonable either. Okay. And, and I suppose at some point we're going to want to go to our, to our, place of residence. Uh, at the very least, we're going to need to meet police there and there's going to need to be some investigation work done. But it seems that this man beats the police there and actually chooses to go ahead and engage with the suspects. I'm not saying that's wrong as far as the law is concerned, but it's a good question to ask because by so doing, we we are inviting the opportunity to be in a situation where we're, where we're essentially forced to use deadly force, okay, and maybe something goes awry, a mistake is made, or we get ourselves hurt. Now it is also interesting to consider that we have an other we have other individuals in play here. In this case, apparently, a roommate. So we this was an adult an adult man who whose home this was, and and he he went home and drew and used his gun. So presumably, it's another adult. Uh, Person, an adult man or woman doesn't doesn't really specify, but that is the roommate. It it, it almost seems as though they were not able to defend themselves from. I mean, it doesn't really say one way or another, but it just seems that this man has to go home based on the phone call received and defend his home slash roommate slash himself. So just a lot of really interesting things there to consider. Uh, we, we need to always ask ourselves the question, is, is this worth it? Right? You know, yeah. If we can avoid, avoidance is better. Um, it's a little bit trickier. I mean, I imagine, Matthew, if this was my child, you know, I've got a 14-year-old or something. I have a 14-year-old now. That's crazy to think. My 14-year-old child calls me because he's home alone. And he's like, dad, someone's trying to break in the house. Well, by golly, I'm racing home. Mm-hmm. Right. Whether police get there first or I get there first, I, it, this is we're talking about protecting our, our, our loved one at that point. Right. That changes things. Again, I don't know the actual relationship of this roommate to apparently the homeowner or what their capabilities were. Uh, they, they still are certainly deserving of, of protection and defense. OK, but anyway, just lots of things to consider there. Let's just make sure we know what we're doing when we get ourselves involved.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you, you make a really good, you know, bring up a couple good points as far as like the response time of you versus the police and and everything. And um, obviously, if you're the one at home, right, the first call probably shouldn't be to the roommate. It, the first call should be to the police right like mm-hmm. i'm calling the police saying somebody's breaking into my house not hey dude like can you come back the police are, or somebody's breaking into the house I, <laughs> you know what i mean so first that would be my first you know kind of critique is and, and who knows maybe he did and maybe this was the second call that that got the roommate coming back but um you got to think of like when you're coming back um he, he confronts these two people that apparently had had weapons we can assume there's some sort of deadly weapon because um he shoots him and um you know if it was a if it wasn't some deadly weapon he probably wouldn't have shot him but um so who knows if he comes into some a situation where he ends up getting shot himself but you know you, you kind of you put that on the line right like if you're rushing back to save your kid that's 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 obviously something you've, you've taken into consideration, but imagine if the police are getting there and you're getting there at the same time, or, or, you know, one right after the other, and you're running up and just as the police are arriving, you're running up with a firearm or something like that. And now it's difficult for the police to discern who is the suspect and who is the homeowner rushing in with a firearm. So it, these is, this is why, like, you know, sometimes we say, you know, if, if, unless you're rushing into the home to save somebody who's in there, if somebody's inside your home, we don't recommend, you know, you going in searching and things like that, or, or, or doing that type of thing. Um, but this is one of the situations where I don't know how far he was compared away compared to, you know, the police, but um, I'm, you know, thankfully everything kind of happened all right where he, he you know police arrived after the fact and 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 things were kind of settled down so they could discern who was the who is the homeowner who was the 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 suspect but and nobody got injured but except with the bad guy but you know that kind of they bring that on themselves when they go to <laughs> go to rob somebody right so
0: yep good thoughts matthew uh all right so let's let's move on now to this is one of our first what not to do stories and matthew i'm switching these story the order of these two stories up so let's start with sure. the 15 year old girl who was shot after her parents think an intruder's breaking into the house uh wh- why don't you give, give us the rundown on this one this one of course according to the uh, articles on cbs42.com cbs42.com of course guys as always uh, show notes are so, which includes all these links for these stories are uh, always posted in the show notes of the show. Uh, typically, whatever app you listen to the podcast from, you can access those show notes from right within the app. Quite often by tapping on the album art or that sort of thing. But anyway, uh, so you can pull up these links as you as, if you'd like to go read these for yourselves. But Matthew, this happened in Clay, Alabama. Uh, just uh, about a week or so ago. Uh, tell us about this story.
1: Yeah. And, and for those that listen to the podcast all the time, you know, we do in, in the uh, Justified say's we also talk about what not to do. And um, the reason why we include these is we want to, you know, we're not painting a situation or, or, or a picture that every single gun use is, is, you know, is, um, is right and righteous and, and, and ends well. Right. And so we, we need to present both sides and say, Hey, you know, with, with the right of caring and everything come responsibility. And we have to make, we make decisions sometimes that are irreversible. And so we look at these stories and try to try to pick things out, not pick on the person or anything like that, but look at the incident and try to learn from it. So in this, and we we talk about this all the time, but in this situation um, a story is 15 year old girl shot after parents think an intruder is breaking into the house. All right. So um, she's in serious condition after being shot by her father who thought she was intruder um, breaking into their home Sunday morning. So 2.15 in the morning, um, the girl with the 15 year old girls dropped off at the residence. We don't know. Maybe she's supposed to be sleeping over her friends. Maybe we don't know. But she's dropped off at the residence and about 2.15 in the morning on Sunday. Um Parents hear the garage door open. Her stepfather grabs a firearm, goes to investigate. Uh, After the stepfather encounters the 15 year old, he accidentally shoots her in the abdomen. She's transported to the hospital. um, And um, it it, it doesn't say that um, I believe she's uh, in critical or she's she's in serious condition. Serious condition, but stable, right? Is that. Maybe that was the other one. So, so here's the thing. Um, we talk about this and I kind of just mentioned it about, you know, searching around the home for, for noises. If you think there's an intruder, um, obviously that's your right. And if you're moving across the home to, to you know, to, to, if you believe somebody's in the home and you're going to your child's room to make sure that that person isn't getting into your child's room or something like that, certainly you're going to have to kind of clear areas to get, get to your, 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 uh, child's room. But in general, if you know somebody's in the home and they're not supposed to be, there's probably not the best idea to go searching. You don't know how many people are there, if they're armed, what they're, where they're hiding or whatnot. Um, so it's best to, you know, kind of secure in an area with your family in an area um, and call the police and, and give commands, you know, um, identifying you have a firearm and get out of your home and things like that. Um, in this case, um this is kind of that bad case scenario where person searching their home trying to figure out hey who's in my home uh, probably not turning on lights probably sneaking around probably not like hey I'm the homeowner I have a firearm who's in my home because you would assume that the child would say hey dad it's me um so probably searching in a you know a surreptitious manner in the dark um then seeing a shadow or a shape um not identifying what it is just identifying that it's a person a uh, human shape and firing rounds or um, this says he encounters the 15 year old and accidentally shoots her so it, it, while, as I'm reading this I'm thinking either he accidentally shoots her like he didn't mean to shoot her because he, and he realized it was his stepdaughter and the gun accidentally goes off because his finger's on the trigger and it startles him or he accidentally shoots her thinking she's She's somebody else, you know, an intruder. I don't know which one it is. Um, it'd be an interesting conversation to have with the with, with the dad. Um, but in either event, bad things happen. Um, and the daughter who should not have been shot is shot. Um, and so this is one of those things where uh, I'm sure he would like to rewind time and you can't. So, um, identifying targets is, is huge. We, we cover it all the time and, you know, I guess this is another one, but, uh, identifying who you're shooting at is, is really important. Super important. I mean, obviously this, this story, uh, highlights that. Right.
0: Yeah. A couple of things I thought about reading this story is first of all, it, it's really important, especially with our teenage kids or once our kids start, venturing more out from the home, particularly in the evening hours. Uh, It's really important. I think that we have conversations with with our kids about expectations uh, as far as, I mean, for instance, I've already had this conversation with my two older kids that, Hey, you know, it's not like they're out spending a lot of time away from home late at night and coming home at, you know, crazy hours or whatever. Uh, They're not quite to that point, but uh, I've already had the conversation with them. that Look, you guys know dad carries a gun dad has a gun pretty much at all times or at least close by, you know, for instance, if, if, if it was after hours, I'm in bed, you know, there's a quick access safe right there by the bed. And you know, a gun will be in my hand very quickly if, if I feel a need for it. And so I've already had that conversation that look, you guys need to understand. All right. If if you choose to like sneak out of the house and sneak back in or do something crazy like that, like that's a whole other conversation, but you need to know that, if you sneak in at a, at a time where mom or dad's not expecting it, you that is a very dangerous proposal for you, all right? They, you need to understand that I may perceive that as an intruder and dad will have a gun, right? And so they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, dad, uh-huh, yep, got <laughs> it, right? Um, but but no, I mean, really, I think they understand. I think that's really important. If you have a gun in the home and if you, if you even remotely have some kind of response plan to an intruder type scenario where, where a gun may be involved. You need to make sure your kids understand that not only for themselves, but also for their friends. I think, I don't remember if it was you and me or Jacob and me, uh, but there's been other similar stories, but I, I'm, I'm reminded of the story uh, co- probably a couple of years back now where it was a dad shooting the gr- his daughter's boyfriend uh, who was not supposed to be in the home and he was like hiding in the closet or or whatever. And dad's like, what the heck, who is this? And, you know, doesn't even maybe even know the boy and shoots him. Right. Uh, so it, it's, it's important that, you know, for our kids that they understand that it's not okay to invite uh, their friends over at odd hours and sneak in or do anything crazy like that. Uh, Cause that's also a dangerous situation. Now, that's not to excuse us from the responsibility we have to identify what it is we are shooting, right? And so you already covered that. You've touched on that. We've talked about it many times as well on the podcast. But we need to have a ma- a means of identifying things before we shoot them. We must have some if – if we're assuming nighttime hours, we must have some kind of light source, okay? Okay whether that is the ability to turn on lights in the home, but more probably better is to have a light in the hand or on the gun. And frankly, if you have one on the gun, you need to also have one in the hand because I sure as heck hope we're not walking around the house searching with a weapon mounted light uh, because that's where you end up stumbling upon the 15 year old stepdaughter. And before you realize who it is and what's going on, you react and you press the trigger. Also, it's important to understand that, that, a sympathetic squeeze is is a real uh, possibility, a real danger as well. Meaning that uh, uh, it, it's it's possible to be startled and actually clench the hands, uh, and, and if we're not careful, if we are not really good about our trigger finger discipline, we might be startled and actually send a round off uh, from from clenching in that in that moment. Or also it can happen very easily when we are, say, grasping a doorknob or some other thing in our off hand, in our support hand. Meanwhile, our dominant hand has the gun in hand. We just need to be mindful of those things. That's why I like teaching finger up on the frame or slide, preferably as far as we can get it from the trigger. So that it's always a, a more of a deliberate motion when we decide to take finger and move it down and in to the trigger. So just some things to consider there. Let's talk about another similar story. This is another what not to do. This one comes to us out of Port Salerno, Florida, uh, Martin County. The uh, article is on WPBF.com. Title is Man Shoots Pregnant Wife Says He Thought She Was an Intruder. Now, in that last story with the 15-year-old daughter, uh, it's fortunate she's still alive. It's unfortunate in this case we have a man that shoots and kills his pregnant wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, he told investigators, he thought she was an intruder. Uh, there's actually apparently a family friend, uh, that, that is quoted in this article. And, and he even, he's clear to say, he's like, this was a nice family, uh, a happily married couple, uh, no reason to think that this was intentional in any way that's, you know, trying to be covered up, uh, as an, as an accidental death, um, <clears throat> you know, covering up a murder. In other words. Uh, so, you know, and, and we're certainly not going to surmise or, or imply any anything, uh, uh, you know, that way either. So <clears throat> just looking at this article, essentially what happens is at some time during the night, it says, uh, uh, the husband woke up in the middle of the night after hearing, a, hearing a noise in the house. The husband said he thought it was an intruder. So he got his gun. <clears throat> so let's just, let's just think this through uh and in granted can't, we can't speak to every family and every household and and I'll tell you what sometimes too with uh with I've had my, my wife's been pregnant many times <laughs> <laughs> five times at least uh we've got five kids five beautiful kids uh that sometimes you know that pregnancy brings with it a lot of discomfort and things and and maybe Uh, that wasn't the case for us, but I've, I, I've had friends and family that have, you know, where the wife has slept somewhere else because she couldn't get comfortable in the normal bed or that kind of thing. Right. So, so there's, there's all kinds of reasons or possibilities as to why this could happen. Um, but if we're assuming a, a more normal sleeping arrangement, we have a husband and wife, uh, if I'm awakened in the night, one of the first things I'm doing is checking my wife. Right, and at least alerting her or waking her up, and being like, "Hey, hun, uh, did you hear that noise? Like, what's going on?" You know that kind of thing. Uh, and if I feel like there is something genuine, like she's actually my point person for for communication, right? She's she's the person. And this this has happened before, where, where nine hundred and eleven calls have been placed by her while I was assessing and evaluating, or possibly possibly searching. And so uh, I don't don't know how this happens where the, the guy wakes up in the middle of the night, hears a noise in the house, and somehow doesn't realize his wife isn't with him in the room. Again, that's why I brought up the point that maybe she's actually sleeping elsewhere for very valid, legitimate reasons other than them being in a bad place in their marriage or something, right? And so... He wakes up, hears a noise, grabs his gun, thinks it's an intruder, apparently, for whatever reason. And, and mind you, there is a a three-year-old, a three-year-old child in the home as well. So we have to be thinking, you know, already as a father, I gotta be thinking, okay, where's my wife? Where's my kids? Right? That's always the first thing. And are they okay? Do I need to consolidate the family? Okay. Uh, that means get, you know, get the kids in the, in the, in my wife, get everybody consolidated to a single point of defense. Uh, that's something we've talked about in past podcasts as well. I, uh, Jacob refers to it and we, we use it within the, the company internally as a isolate the family, defend the room type strategy. Right. And so we have a plan for, for doing that. But anyway, <clears throat> that's my first thing. Okay. So I'm setting the stage. We have a man wife who's pregnant and a three-year-old child as well in the home. He wakes up, hears a noise, goes to investigate with a gun. And this is quoting, I'm going to quote from the article. It says this, this is according to the sheriff, Sheriff William Snyder. He says he saw a shape in the hallway and fired one round. And unfortunately it turned out to be his wife. And it killed her. And uh, the only only fortunate thing of this is that they were actually able to save and deliver the baby that she was pregnant with. Uh, This is, I don't know how this happens. I really struggle with this because we just got done talking about how important it is to identify your target or threat. Got to identify, got to have a light source. But it says here very specifically, this is the sheriff speaking. He's investigating or has investigated at this point, has a pretty good sense of what happened. And he says, this man saw a shape in the hallway. Jacob calls it the triple S disease. Shapes, sounds, and uh, shadows, I think. Yeah, shadows, shapes, and sounds. Shooting at shadows, shapes, and sounds. This is how we end up with injured or dead wives and children or other people that we don't want to kill is by shooting at shapes, shadows, and sounds. And yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many opportunities for preventing this from happening. Like there's so many things that have that, like we, there's so many things that a person has to do essentially wrong to get to this place where they shoot their wife in the middle of the night in their own home like this. Now, there's also the fact that, and it's real, you're waking up and you're drowsy. Your your thought patterns are not as clear or as organized as they could be. But we need to have enough clarity of thought. And this this goes back to personal preparation and training of thinking, I've got to have a light source, and that's my primary tool in the dark. It's okay to have the gun but the primary thing is is a standalone light source where i am searching and i'm trying to identify what's going on and where are my loved ones and oh is there is there a threat and if so i still need to identify that i don't shoot at shapes shadows shadows and sounds
1: yeah so, and this is, this is a tough one, right? Like anytime a family member dies, you know, it's tough, but I mean, it's a pregnant mom, um, or pregnant wife and mom. Um, I, I think, you know, as, as you're talking and you bring up a lot of good points and I, and I'm trying to think, um, you know, there's people that continue to kind of, um, push back against this idea of, well, I'm going to go and search my house and I'm going to, I want to keep the lights off so they don't see me. And I want to tiptoe and I'm a ninja and I'm going to go through and, and I'm going to find this person and, and and confront them in my home. And the thing is, is I I can't really think of, I can think of many reasons why sneaking around at night uh, in the dark is a bad idea. Um, when you're searching for somebody, I can't think of many by you know bad uh, outcomes from you know getting to a, a secure place and announcing, "Hey, I'm the homeowner. But I'm 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 so and so. I have a firearm. If you're in my home, you know, get out of my home. I have a firearm. The police are on their way. Uh, calling out to your wife, "Hey, are you okay? Um, where are you?" Um, -hmm. that, I mean, that simple verbal communication, getting some lights on so you can see what the heck is going, going on. Not only does it give you the ability to assess what's going on, but it also allows your brain to kind of wake up and get into a mode of like, that this is not a dream. It's not, I'm just kind of not in a fog, just kind of, you know, lurping through, through, through my house at night. I'm, it, it wakes up your, your mind a little bit. And I think that those two things are really the downfalls of of searching your house at night, right? You're not totally awake. You're kind of not really alert, and you can't see what's really going on. Um, and I, I think both of those things can, can be kind of alleviated when you start using your voice and, and, and you know, um it depend- And everybody's house is different, right? I, I'm thinking <laughs> of my house and the way we set it up. And, you know, I could call out to my daughter and be like, Hey, you know, Gia, come, you know, are you okay? Come, come, come over this way. And I can do it from a place where if somebody was downstairs, right. Um, she can get to my, my room safely and I don't have to go searching and everybody's house is different. Um, Maybe you will have to cover, cover ground, but uh, you have to do that quick assessment. Like, is my wife here? Okay. She's not here. So theoretically, when I go searching for this person in the, in the house, it could be her, right? Like there's yep. nobody in the bed. So, and I know she should be in the in the house. So, um, so you, you, it just, I don't know. It, it's, it's one of those tragic things that. I wish, you know, he would have been listening to one of the podcasts that we've done and covered this ad nauseum, right, about that, because maybe it would have kicked something else uh, in in his mind. But uh, thank thank God that they were able to save the child and, and, you know, avert another tragedy.
0: Yeah that's true you know i'm reminded of the case we covered it i, I know on an, on an episode a long time ago to a year or two or so or so ago uh right from here in castle rock colorado it's a very similar situation a man got up to investigate uh yeah i think in that case he actually told his wife to stay in the room and mm-hmm. for whatever reason she did not and uh, as he was coming back to the stairs she kind of suddenly appeared on the stairs or coming from the stairs and Surprised him, and he shot her as well. Wow. And In that case, she fortunately survived as well. But, uh, you know, so, so this sort of thing does happen, and it happens more frequently than you realize. Uh, if this is the first time you're hearing of a story like this, just know we've covered a number of stories very similar to this. And, of course, today we, alone we've covered two stories where a failure to identify a target or threat resulted in loved ones getting shot. Uh, and that is just uh, really, really sad and unfortunate and also, frankly, inexcusable uh touching real quick on the light thing you know people talk about well i don't want to give away my, my position my position uh would you rather give away your position or kill your daughter or wife i'll ask that question number two do you realize how people react when you suddenly hit them with i don't care if it's six hundred eight hundred a thousand lumens of light straight in the face there's always there's always Okay, and I've seen this in for, in low light force on force. There is always hesitation when you hit somebody with a bright light in a dark situation and wham, they get hit with that, there's that there's always a brief moment of opportunity in that moment. It doesn't take long to recognize, that's my wife or no, that's some dude that shouldn't be here. Wham, hit him, you know, with whatever you got. Okay? It will create a a brief moment of whether it's blindness or disorientation, at the very least, it's a whoa, and there's just a brief opportunity there where people are, are, are going to hesitate, okay? Uh, I, I've seen it happen. I've seen it play out in force-on-force situations. Even when, when the bad guy has a gun in his hand, the reaction is usually not to immediately just turn to that light and shoot at it. Uh, there's usually a, a brief moment of pause, okay? So recognize that. Uh, get some low-light training. Okay. And some force on force training. If you can find some in your area or if you find a good class, you can get to, I would highly encourage it. You'll learn so much about how to use a light and low light situations to your advantage and to know how these types of situations are, are more likely to play out. All right, <clears throat> let's go on to Klk a K L K N TV.com. That's a mouthful. K L K N TV.com. Uh, Says, and this is in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, and this according to Lancaster Sheriff's Lancaster she- Lancaster County Sheriff's Office. Mom hiding in a closet with three-year-old, open fire on burglar. There's even a photo here of uh, apparently a door with bullet holes through it. Uh, Matthew, uh, give us a, give us a rundown on this one. So Lincoln, Nebraska. Woman with her child hiding in a closet is forced to defend herself, herself.
1: Yeah, really quick on this story. Uh, so around three p.m. Um, afternoon, she this mom uh, home with her three year old, uh, going to go take a nap with her daughter at three p.m. Um, and so she goes into the to the bedroom, and while she's in the bedroom, she hears what she believes to be somebody inside the home. Um, then hears somebody trying to get in, open the the bedroom door. Uh, her and her three-year-old daughter the only one's home um she doesn't uh expect anybody to be home apparently and um and so she the, the door the bedroom door it says in the in the article that it's difficult to open so in this time that the the the, the suspect is trying to force open this bedroom door she takes her daughter and goes into a closet uh, apparently Either the suspect uh, sees her or hears her and her daughter in the closet area, um, b- b- enters into the bedroom and hears or sees her in the closet area and tries to open the door in the closet. It says is uh, she's in the closet where her firearm was um was staged or maybe it was in a box or a safe or something in in the closet. Anyways, she's in there now with her daughter and her firearm, uh, thankfully, and fires two rounds through the door as this subject is trying to open the door, which uh, kind of gets him to say, oh, maybe I don't want to open the door anymore. And he leaves. Um, Police descend. They try to uh, find, uh, the suspect, no suspects been able to be found. It's not, it doesn't appear as though that he was struck by any of the rounds. Um, but, um, obviously this is one of the stories where, you know, he, it's not in the middle of the night, it's in the afternoon, right. Um, with your three-year-old daughter, your, your three-year-old child, you're at home, um, probably not thinking of home invasion at that point. Right. And then, um, she goes into the closet where her firearm is now, you know, everybody's different and your, your threat level or whatever you want to call it is different. And people may choose to carry a firearm on their person, even while they're at home or have firearm staged. Um, thankfully she had a firearm staged in the closet and it was loaded or had access to be loaded. Um, And so that was a good thing. Right. Um, She went to that location. So that was that was smart on her point or on her part. Um, I would bet that after this, she probably carries a firearm with her everywhere she goes in her home or uh, increases the security in her home. Who knows? We don't know if the the suspect forced entry into the home itself or if the door was unlocked. I'm guessing just based off of statistics, it's probably wasn't locked and the person just walked, walked in. Um, But that's just speculation based off of that's the predominantly predominantly uh, it's not forced entry. Um, But, you know, it, it gets you thinking about these things of securing your home just doing the basic stuff, locking the windows, locking the doors. Um, This isn't at night. So lighting and all that doesn't come in a factor, but obviously it is at night. Um, You you do want to have lit outdoors and things like that uh, outside your home to deter people from um, sticking around and trying to find a way in. But um, yeah, this is, this is a scary one. I I bet you this is a huge eye opener to her and all the people that live around her, her area.
0: Yeah. You know, we just got done in that last story talking about how something as simple as communication uh, can, you know, help us identify what's going on. Uh, A simple, you know, who's there, right? And imagine in the case with uh, the man and his wife, I mean, how quickly do you think you'd recognize your wife's voice? Like instantly, right? Uh, This is is a situation. The reason I bring that up again, going back to that story is in this case, it says that this man, she says he sounded like an older man. All right, and he was speaking aggressively to her. That voice tells you so much about what's going on, who's there, and what their intent is. So, you know, that's the contrast here. This is not even in a low light situation, but it's one where she doesn't know who's in the house. She hears somebody in the house and somebody trying to gain access to her her room and then to her closet, and was speaking aggressively to her. And that's when she def- defends herself. Great story. And, you know, I think it's awesome that she was able to defend her and her child that way. Uh, the one thing is, you know, I, and we don't know the setup. We don't know where this home is. We don't know anything. But it, it is risky to shoot through the door. Again, you know, she had, she. It, it seems to me she's pretty clear that this is not someone she knows or it is someone that she cares about because she, she probably can tell that from the voice and the way they're speaking to her. At the same time, we're still shooting through a door we don't know what's on the other side of that. We don't know who's there. We don't know where they are. And therefore, we don't know that we're going to hit them with those bullets. And where do those bullets go? We have those all must be considerations. Okay. Um, I know it's asking a lot to, to say that, you know, hey, once he breaches that door, all bets are off. Uh, that's true. But, you know, some some would say, well, you know, that's that's getting a little too close for comfort. I'm not making those decisions for you. I'm just saying, look, we got to look at this and go, I'm shooting through something I cannot see what I'm shooting at. That's that's important to consider. And and also too, like imagine your your gun that you have is pretty limited in capacity and you just fired two shots through the door and they did not hit your threat and you and it for whatever reason does not deter your threat. And now you're compromising what you have left and your threat's still coming after you. So that's why if we are going to choose to use deadly force, we really want those those rounds to impact our our target. And the only way to ensure that is when we can actually identify, see, aim, and shoot at that target or threat. Anyway, great story. Let's go now to Miami-Dade County, Florida. Uh, of course, been in the news a lot lately with the uh, political stuff, the election <laughs> and, and whatnot. But uh, in this case, we have a justified save where a mother grabs gun defends family after armed intruders stormed her Miami-Dade home, it says, according to this article from local10.com. This is quite a story. In fact, there's some surveillance video. So you guys might want to go and, and grab this link from the uh, uh, the show notes. And go and actually watch this. So you know they actually had uh, the surveillance video. uh, You know some some surveillance cameras in the in and around the home, and so uh, we're actually able to see how this fight went down. And and basically, the way this started is these robbers stormed into this home. All right. They came. In fact, you see. I'm rewatching this again, and you see how the one of the the, I think it's the woman that uh, the one that actually grabs a gun. uh, They actually have parts of her blurred out because she's in her home and she's not really. She's in her bedroom. She's not really dressed appropriately, uh, at least for us to all see. Uh, Robber stormed the home, ambushed her husband, her friends that apparently they had over, and her seven-year-old son. And they're, they're ambushed at gun points. So these robbers come into the home, force their way into the home with guns. And it says that uh, uh, the uh, – oh, so th- I forgot about that part. That's right. The, so the way this actually went down is it was a friend that was arriving at their home to come watch a, ba- a basketball game with them. And the criminals caught the friend off guard and from there forced their way into the home. It uh, says that she was in the bathroom. She started to hear the commotion, and she heard, get down, get down, give me everything you got. She then went to the nightstand, grabbed her gun, and opened the door, and right there, and you see it in the, in the video, it's intense. She goes to the door with her gun, opens it, and the guy is right there in her face. She does not pull the trigger, at least that we can tell. He told her to put her gun down. She said no, and then said, don't shoot me. My son is in here. Then the article says, after an eruption of gunfire, the intruders finally took off. So it's unclear, um, who, exactly who is sh- who shot, shoots, and where those rounds go, and how many rounds are fired, and and whether it, it doesn't seem to say that anybody is hit. But the one thing we do read in the towards the bottom of the article is that her husband then ran, got the gun. And then shot back at the vehicle that was leaving, that the vehicle these robbers were in. So he, he shot at them as they were leaving. Of course, uh, some some caution there. That's not always the best uh, plan. Uh, once the threats are on their way out, we need to you know that that's a sign that the that the threat is no longer a threat. So give that some thought. Crazy situation. Uh, one that fortunately for this family and their friend, uh, you know they're 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 all okay.
1: Yeah, one, one thing that uh, I would add into this, and it was while you were talking, you had awesome points, and I agree completely. I would add in the fact that um, when you, you know, we typically, probably the people that are listening to this, um, you may be in a situation where your spouse, whether it's your husband or wife or whatever, or maybe you're a teenage child um doesn't listen or doesn't it doesn't show an interest in firearms or anything like that and you're the protector and you're like oh well it's my duty to protect the family and i'm the protector and if anyone comes in i'll do this and that well what if you're the one that needs protection like we you know have this idea that you know we're always going to be the one that's uh to save the day but in this situation it's his his wife who's actually in the bathroom right like (laughs) So, um, if you know, so think about getting your other people in your home actually involved in um, thinking about s- self defense or home defense or family defense, whatever you want to call it, um, and make sure that the firearms that are designated for home defense are ones that those people feel comfortable with because sometimes, you know, people are um, recoil adverse, so they might not want to shoot a shotgun, right? So, if you're completely confident in shooting shotgun, which is great. It's fine. It's great. You know, home defense gun, whatever. Um, if, if in this case, if it would have been a shotgun designated for home defense and that's within the, in the, you know uh, bedroom, and she doesn't feel comfortable with that gun or hasn't trained it with it, doesn't know how to take it off safety or have a safe and how to load around or whatever, a slug or uh, whatever you have ch- um, in the tube there. W- it it this is a drastically different outcome right so um just think about those types of things i think is it's sometimes we can have a blind spot um to that to that aspect of home defense it is everybody in the home's job really you know
0: yep yep you know, we've got this the uh, video playing on screen uh, for those of you that are able to watch with us here today. And so you're kind of seeing how this plays out, you know, where she kind of comes out from apparently the bathroom uh, with a gun and, and goes, I actually wanted to point out real quick. You see her body positioning here. Uh, it's it, Her body language is there still kind of suggests like, okay, what's going on out here? As opposed to by this point, she should pretty much know that, that there's some serious stuff going down. And her body language doesn't suggest that she uh, uh, really is is taking it mm, you know, seriously yet and that that's understandable she, this is this is a difficult situation for anybody to handle uh, themselves in we could tell by the way actually looking at some of these uh, it seems to me that right here you see the way she jumps back uh, that oh, you know, we even see a little bit of puff of smoke and I think that was coming her direction uh, and the way she jumped back it looks to me like she was shot at. Um, but amazingly was not hit. Uh, there, there was some hesitancy for sure on her part of, uh, I think, being willing to use that gun and use deadly force. Um, so this is always the question we should ask ourselves. Are we willing? Are we ready to pull the trigger? Right? That's a serious question. You know, but uh, if you're going to grab that gun, you better be w- ready and willing to use it. That's for sure. We can also tell looking at some of these other angles they keep going back here. You can see this dust in the air. That, that's an indication shots have been fired. Uh, we always see that. Uh, a gunshot inside of a, a home, a business always disturbs dust. Dust that you had <laughs> from all over the place. Stuff you didn't even know existed as far as dust goes. It, it comes from everywhere when you uh, fire inside of a structure. I'm not shot inside my, my own home. or <laughs> I want that to be clear. Just, uh, you know, just it, that's just, uh, uh, I, I have shot inside structures in train in legit training situations. Um, anyway, so, um, yeah, there you go. Really interesting story. Glad it worked out for them. Some good questions. I think for us all to walk away from and ask ourselves about, uh, whether we're ready and also about strategy and about, uh, uh tactics. Um, you could kind of tell she's leaning around the door and, and talking to them, and she's kind of taking cover. And then she actually, like I said, get, gets shot at. Um, and, you know, just there, there's – it's it, these kinds of situations are very difficult. But hopefully that's why we go get training, and hopefully we're a little bit better, a little bit smarter with our tactics as well. Matthew, final story, uh, the news star, T-H-E-N-E-W-S-S-T-A-R, the news star.com, uh, police say female home owner shoots one of three armed intruders. Give us, uh, give us a story.
1: Yeah. So this one's very similar to the other one. Um, wife is, or woman inside the home, sleeping in a bedroom, uh, a a male occupant, either husband, boyfriend, not, I'm not exactly sure. Um, uh, in in like a living room area and three men force their way into, um, into the home, uh, strikes the, uh, strike the, uh, the male a couple times with the firearm. He's calling out to his, uh, female resident or girlfriend, something like that. Um, calling out to her, Hey, you know, help, help me out. Um, she comes out, wakes up, comes out with the firearm, sees, uh, two of the men around the, the male and then one by the, the, uh, doorway. Um, apparently, um, I, I'm not sure if something if they point the gun at her or she just uh, one of them points the gun at her uh, at that point she fires strikes one of the guys in the abdomen um, they flee the home uh, two two of the three are eventually caught and the third one's still outstanding I believe um, and uh, it, it looks like the, the the female and the male, all homeowners are in the home uh they are not injured uh other than you know him him getting beat up a little bit with from uh the guys that uh, came in but uh they're not shot they're not injured uh as far as uh, as far as that's concerned the only guy that gets injured is the guy who decides he wanted to uh to to rob these two people. Um, and so, yeah, this is one of those, an, another one of the stories where the person, you know, who, who comes to save the day is not the person who, you know, may be the one that, um, is, you know, the, the, typically the male, you know, I'm, I'm the one who can, you know, uh, takes care of the family. I'm the protector, but again, uh, female coming from outside another room, um, is able to come in and assess the situation and put rounds uh, it, where they need to go. And, and this time she actually came out and it looks like to your point, Riley, she had that, um, you know, mindset of, Hey, if I'm going to use this firearm, I'm going to use it. And I'm going to put well-placed shots on and gets the guy in the abdomen, which is, which is commendable. So.
0: Yep. Yep. Agreed. Um Yeah, you know, I mean, and we've talked about this before, you know, how so many times in these stories where the person, you know, the good guy with the gun is coming from somewhere else or is having to go and retrieve the gun. Now, we don't always have the option uh, to always have a gun on ourselves when we're in our home, but I carry every day, all day, whether I'm at home or away from home, uh, I carry within the home. And it's, I mean, 99% of the time, yes, there's a few instances where I do not. Uh, no, I don't shower with a gun, you know, that kind <laughs> of thing. Uh, no, I don't sleep with my gun on me. But but for those limited cases, limited instances, uh, I have a plan for how I can get to the gun very quickly. And I know where things are at. And I know what, what my tactics are that I'm going to use uh, to to defend myself in those situations as well. Uh, but it's so much better to just have a gun with you on you uh, for so many of these, situ- these situations. Anyway, good, good, good on this woman for uh, being the one to defend and protect her family, just like the other one as well, and, and the mother. In fact, if you think about it, all three of our uh, our last three stories are all women defending themselves and their families.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I didn't even <laughs> think about that when I was reviewing stories, but there you go. That is that is awesome. Good job, ladies. Well, that brings us to a conclusion. We're a bit over time. uh, So let's start wrapping this up. We do need to announce this week's weekly podcast prize winner. We do a weekly giveaway. We encourage you to go all, you know, all go and sign up each week. Uh, this now goes from Wednesday of each week to the following Wednesday. Uh, you have the opportunity to sign up and also share it with your friends and family and whoever else for additional entries into the contest. I think you can earn up to 10 possible entries for yourself, which of course will Im- increase your odds of winning. Uh, can't pr- promise or guarantee what those odds are because each week it varies how many entrants we get, but uh, just know that this is one of the, uh, best places uh, you're going to have a really good chance of, of being a winner many of you watching now have won stuff in the past this week we are announcing a winner of a concealed tactical pen all right uh these are like valued at about 10 bucks or 15 bucks or something like that i don't remember it's been a while since i looked it up on the website but uh just a nifty little tactical pen with a glass breaker on it and yeah So, who is our lucky winner for this week's prize? Matthew, here's roll.
1: Our lucky winner is Ken. Ken, with the last name starts with an R. We'll we'll email you, Ken. Uh, Email is outgoing and just make sure you respond within 72 hours.
0: Awesome. Congrats to Ken R on being this week's winner of a concealedcarry.com tactical pen. And next week's Winner, or well, next week's winner will be selected and they will win a $50 gift card to SSP eyewear. That goes a long ways uh, to good quality uh, eye protection from SSP eyewear. Uh, guys, don't forget to sign up weekly at concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize. And so, with that, we need to bid everyone adieu. And until next time, in fact, later this afternoon, in a little less than two hours, Jacob and I will be live with another episode. Uh, We're going to be talking, well, actually still to be figured out somewhat, but I'm going to be picking Jacob's brain a little bit on some observations he had from attending the recent USPSA Area 2 championship. So we're touching a little bit on competitive shooting and stuff. um, And we'll kind of see where else the conversation leads us. So I think it'll be a fun one uh, together with Jacob and me cool so until next time guys train right train often and train safe so you can fight hard fight fast and fight true take care